Well, I'm super excited to get to talk to you tonight. I'm sure you have been so excited to talk to me, but however excited you are, I guarantee you, you are looking more forward to this than your sixth grade boys are. Um, but I am honored to get to talk to you tonight, and I want to um, talk about the things that you want to talk about. So I'm going to leave plenty of time at the end for questions about anything that you want to ask about. Um, I'm going to talk a little bit about technology. You got a handout that has a whole lot of technology information on it. I'm not going to cover everything on that, but if you have a question about any of it, I would love uh, for you to pose that. So just if you want to ask in the middle, I'm good with that. If you want to save it to the end, I'm good with that. Um, the scripture that I've been praying for you as I've been preparing to be with you tonight is uh, Philippians 4, 7. And it says this, Then you will experience God's peace, which, which exceeds everything we understand. His peace will guard your hearts and minds as you live in Christ. And we are going to talk tonight about sexuality and purity and some of the things that you need to not only have your eyes open to, but be discussing with your kids. Um, but what I want you to understand is whether we're talking about drinking or drugs or sex, whatever we're talking about, the goal is not to keep your kids from doing anything. What this scripture says is the peace of Christ will guard your hearts and minds. What you are doing is trying to guard and protect your children's hearts and minds. The word says above all else guard your heart because it is the wellspring of life. So it's kind of like, and I have a hard time putting this into words, but when you think about the first covenant, before Jesus came, we had the Ten Commandments and Moses, right? And we had the law. And we didn't do a good job of keeping the law. And when Jesus came, he said, I fulfilled the law. I'm not doing away with the law. I fulfilled the law. But the deal is, it works in relationship, okay? When we're reverting back to only trying to keep the rules and trying to keep everybody in line and doing these rules... That's a warning sign, okay? So your goal as a parent is not to call thousand strikes all the time. If the only interaction that you have with your kids is, whoop, nope, you didn't feed the dog. Whoop, nope, you didn't clean your room. I don't like how you're talking to your sister. Nope, you didn't come home when I called you. Nope, get off your cell phone. If that's all that your relationship is with your kids, it's going to be miserable, there will be times when I'm calling a foul. But my life as a parent is about relating to these kids and getting to know who they are and how they tick and how they're bent. Because the word also says, train them up in the way they should go. I have to know you. I have to know what motivates you. I have to know what scares you. I have to know how you receive information and how you communicate back, and they don't all do it the same way. So parenting is about relationship. 
Lots of conversation, lots of time spent together, occasionally calling a foul. But if I start to see that all I'm doing is putting you in the penalty box, that should be a warning sign to me that we're not doing a good job of guarding your hearts. Because it's an incredible thing and it's kind of like running a track meet. I have a son who is uh, married and lives in Montana. I have four grandchildren. Um, and he's in the Air Force. My next son is a junior at Texas A&M. My baby is graduating from high school, soon to go to Texas A&M. So I'm a little emotional. Um, but raising these kids from where you are now all the way through, it's like a track meet. And when they get into high school, you're in that exchange zone, right, where I'm going to hand you the baton. I'm teaching you how to guard your heart. I'm showing you how to guard your mind. And there's going to come a time when I hand it to you, and you're going to guard your heart, and you're going to guard your mind. And that is what we're after, not so much calling balls and strikes, okay? So I want you to start to think about parenting as representing my relationship with the Lord versus trying to get you to make the right choice. Because you might do it exactly right, exactly the way the Lord's telling you to do, and they might make a harebrained decision. Irrelevant. What you, I go to the Lord and I say, what do you say about a cell phone? And I get an answer and I agree with my spouse or with their parent. And then I go and say, hey, this is what we're going to do with cell phone. And they can throw a fit, ball and squall or agree. It's irrelevant if I'm doing what I feel like the Lord has told me to do, right? So that's how we're going to approach relationships, dating and sexuality. And I'm going to give you just a little bit of information, kind of the way that I've seen it work in our family, but also the way that we're seeing things happen in the culture. Um, I'm not going to talk to your kids about sex tonight. I'm going to talk to your kids about purity. And purity does not mean that I wait until I get married to have sex. Purity is about how I think, how I feel, and how I choose to behave. And it goes a lot further than waiting to have intercourse until I get married. And we're going to talk about honoring God and having a pure mouth, having a pure heart, and using my body in a pure way. And that's what I'm going to talk to your kids about tonight. So let's talk just a little bit about some things that um, is number one before we even start talking about Sex. Uh, another scripture I want to share is 1 Timothy 6.20. And it says, Timothy, guard what has been entrusted to your care. Turn away from godless chatter and the opposing ideas of what is falsely called knowledge. We live in a day and age where the way that we've been parenting is, everybody's so busy, kids are so busy, I'm so busy, and oh, I guess I should have given you a cell phone when you turned eight. Oh, I guess we let you group date when you get in the sixth grade. That's what we do, right? We're just looking to the left and looking to the right, and it ain't working for anybody. I don't care what your neighbor's doing. I don't care what I am going to share with you that I did. 
I care what is God telling you because this scripture says guard what has been entrusted to your care. So you're going to have to think through decisions before you make them. And I know that sometimes you come up on things and it just happens so fast and oh yeah, well of course you can do that. You let them do it and then you're like, oh my gosh, we have stepped off into the abyss. So it would serve us all well to think before we act. Um, There are, we have scientifically proven, 12 steps from eye contact to full-blown sexual activity. Okay? 12 steps. So let's say that a, a kiddo starts dating in the sixth grade. Now, I'm not talking about, I'm talking about being dropped off at the movies in groups. I'm talking about texting boys or girls, saying you're my boyfriend, buying presents, that kind of thing. If, let's say we start that in the sixth grade. So on our 12 steps, here's step one. And we go, step one is eye contact, two, holding hands, three, hugging, four, kissing, five, really kissing. I'm on step five. I break up with my boyfriend in the sixth grade. In the seventh grade, I get a new boyfriend. Do you suppose that I start on step one or step five? Five, because that's where I'm comfortable. So in the sixth grade, I go six, seven, eight, nine. I'm on step nine. I'm in the seventh grade. I have three steps until I'm having sex. And then thinking adults sit around and go, what in the world is wrong with all these kids? Why are they having sex? If you think about it rationally, the first time that you held hands with a boy or a girl, boy, your hands get sweaty, and I mean, you're at the movies, right, and you got to get your hands positioned exactly right where it's accessible to be held, you know, and the boy is sweating, and halfway through the movie, he finally gets the nerve up to try to hold your hand, and then you cannot wait to call all your friends, oh my gosh, we held hands, right? That doesn't happen very many times with hand-holding before you need to move to the next thing and then the next thing and then the next thing. So the longer we can delay the progression or the beginning of the progression, the better, right? Um, Does anybody know the most common time for a kid to get a cell phone? Most common age? It is eight. It's in the second grade. So if you have a sixth grader that is saying to you, I'm the only sixth grader that does not have a cell phone, they're probably not lying. Okay? Um, Now, I'm going to say this, and I'm going to... I always feel like I need to bring, like, pictures of my children because when I tell you how we did things, I think that your image of them is, like, pasty white, bun in hair locked in the back corner of the room, you know, most days. They are not like that. Both my kids, active, class favorite, class president, sports, band, choir, and now they're off at school. And guess what? They haven't gone down there and gone crazy either. Um, So it, it worked okay for us. But I'll tell you what we did with the cell phone. Neither one got a cell phone until they were driving. So they were 16. Now, they're just now 19 or 20 and 18, okay? So they haven't had them that long. Um, We never had an argument about the cell phone either. 
I never had them saying, oh my gosh, I need a phone. Everyone has a phone. Because we set expectations. The other thing that I will tell you as a parent is you must keep your word. Now, I'm not talking about when you realize you've made a mistake. There's going to be times when you have to go back to them and say, we shouldn't have done that, and I'm sorry. And the only way I know how to fix it is to go back and redo it. But what I am saying is, if I say, you're going to get a cell phone when you turn 16, and then they badger me, and they beg, and they beg, and they throw fits, and they pout, and they whine, and I give in, you have just set a precedent. And every time they disagree with you or want something that you don't want to have, they think, if I nag and I nag and I make life miserable enough, they will give in. So you need to think, you need to agree with your spouse before you make a decision on a lot of these things that don't seem big at the time, but they are. Um, the cell phone and technology is the biggest tool of the enemy against your family right now, today, hands down, 100%. I don't care if you have every filter. I don't care if you have every restriction on your phones and on their devices. If your kids can see YouTube and Instagram, they've seen pornography, 100%. Yours isn't the only one that hasn't either. I mean, I know sitting here you're like, I, that's probably true, but I'm just sure mine have. I'm telling you, if they can see YouTube and Instagram, yes, they have seen it, boy or girl, okay? We can't approach it like if, if you see pornography, boy or girl, if they have the device, they will and have seen it. So we're going to have to start addressing it. Uh, we also used to think that pornography was, you know, we talked to boys when they turned 13 about it. I'm telling you, I talk to girls that are younger than 10 about it on a regular basis who will say they are some level addicted to it. And it's not because a 10-year-old little girl goes and searches for it. It's because we put them in the back of the Suburban on the way to baseball tournaments or in the back of the volleyball gym and we say, watch a movie. And some little friend comes by and goes, hey, look what happens if you look up the word butts. And all of a sudden, they are in this deep, dark hole of looking for the next thing and the next thing. I had an eight-year-old little girl tell me, I threw all of my chargers away because I thought if the devices would just die, I wouldn't want to look. That's not a little boy. That's a little girl. And we are giving them these cell phones when they turn eight. The other thing that I would tell you is um, we used to jokingly say, if you don't know how to use your phone or your computer, ask your five-year-old. That's not funny anymore. If you don't know more, understand more than they do, they have no business having it because they are going to get in trouble with it. Um, the way that we did our cell phone is we had what we called the extra phone. And it was a phone that had real buttons, was not a smartphone. And um, it didn't belong to either Jake or Maddie, my younger two. 
and it would stay in my bedroom. But if somebody was going to be late coming home from a game or somebody was going to ride their bike around the block, they could take the phone. But it wasn't theirs, so they didn't feel like they could give out the number and all of that. When they turned 16, they got a smartphone so they could have the directions, maps and all that. But they did not have any internet at all on their phone. And neither one of them, still now, 20 and 18, neither one of them have ever had any kind of social media at all. Not Snapchat, not Instagram, not Facebook, not Twitter, not anything. Now, my son that's 20, he doesn't have it, but now he could choose to have it if he wanted to. Um, the other thing I would say, never did I have to say, you need to get off your phone, you've been on your phone, you need to put your phone up. No, because they weren't addicted to it. Most kids are. If you try to limit their exposure to their device, if they've had it, and if they're really active on it, they're going to act like an addict, because they are. And when you say, you know what, uh, you're going to start plugging your phone in at 8 o'clock at night. I mean, watch them. They'll start to sweat. I mean, they'll be like, well, my gosh, what am I going to do? How am I going to know what my team is saying on the group me? Or what am I? I mean, I, I have to use that for my homework. I mean, right? Let them do it, though. Let them put it down for a length of time, and they will come back and say, I can't believe how much less pressure I feel. You would be amazed. You ought to try it. Put your phone up. And first few days you'll be amazed how many times you want to go look and see how many people liked it and why didn't she like it and who's been texting me but you'll realize oh my gosh how connected we are to these phones the other thing is these devices are getting in the way of your relationship so when we're talking about I don't want to be calling balls and strikes I need to have relationship relationship happens with the phone put down, face-to-face, -face, conversation, play and catch in the front yard, walking around the block, having dinner together, undistracted. You're going to want that the older that they get. You've got to start setting the table now, okay? Um, so you need to be talking to your kids about pornography. And the way I would say it, um, to a boy for sure is when you see naked and inappropriate pictures of a girl or people having sex you are going to want to look and that doesn't make something wrong with you it doesn't make you a pervert that's the way God made you because you are a man and you are supposed to be attracted to your wife's appearance someday these images, it's called pornography. It is the enemy's tool to try and steal from you what God has prepared for you later. So when you see it and when you want to look, the first thought to come to your mind, I want it to be, this is a trap. And then I need you to come and say to me, Mom, this, is, this came up on my phone. And you need to give them permission to be honest with you um, and say, 
I've been looking at this. This just popped up and have a conversation and it is difficult. I am not saying any of this is easy. It is difficult, but you need to create an environment in your home where you can have conversations about whatever it is that they're dealing with. And you can find answers and tools for them to use right here. And you need to teach them how to use this. The word says, take every thought captive. What that literally means is to put it at the end of a sword. And this is your sword. So if I'm struggling with being tempted at looking at something that I haven't teach them how to look up scripture and take their thoughts captive, we need to put this into practice. We need to teach them how to put this into practice. So technology and pornography, you must be talking to your kids about those for sure. They're not too young. I can't tell you, almost, well, one of the funniest things I ever had was this mom one time in a talk said, my son is 16 and I'm afraid if I talk to him about oral sex, he doesn't even probably know what that is. And I'm like, he probably does. Um, all of these things um, that I'm talking about, if you have sixth graders, they know what it is. They may be embarrassed, they may be uncomfortable, but if they live in the world, they've heard these things. You're not gonna steal their innocence by bringing up these topics and having a conversation. It's also important that they know that you know what all of those things are, okay? And there'll be things that they say sometimes and maybe you don't know. I do this, I, we have 20 people on a staff, probably four or five constantly are researching what's the next thing, what are kids talking about? We still can't keep up with it all. And still things get said and I'm like, I've never heard of that. It was probably about eight years ago, I was in a middle school class and these kids said, do you know what kids are doing in PE? And I was like, what? Um, they are teabagging. And I was like, that is so disgusting and y'all should not be doing that. I mean, we need to, we got to tell the coach, where's the teacher? You know, we're going to stop this right now. I no more knew what that was than the man in the moon. As soon as they left, I looked it up and I was like, oh my gosh. So that day we get in the car. My son at the time, Jake, was about eighth grade and I could not wait to get him in the car. He's sitting in the car and I'm like, son, do you know what teabagging is? And he said, yes. And I said, well, I'm going to tell you what it is so that we can be sure that you really know and that I know and we are on that, that that is disgusting. He goes, mom, I know what it is. And the only thing grosser than that would be to hear my mom say it. <laughs> <coughs> so if they say something that you don't know, just say, hey, I don't know. Let me do some checking into that and I'll get back with you. Um, you need to use appropriate terms. You need to call their parts what they're really called. And if they use a crude uh, slang term, you need to tell them what the real terminology is and what it means. Um, you need to be open in discussing anything that they want to talk to you about.
because they are going to get information from somewhere and you want them to be getting it from you. The statistic is 93% of males and 62% of females by the time kids are 18 struggle with some addiction to pornography. 93% of males admit it. So we're almost batting a thousand there. 62% of girls. 10-year-olds and younger are responsible for 22% of that. It's younger and younger and younger. So whether we're talking about technology or whether we're talking about dating, you want to delay it as long as you can. It's much easier to delay something than it is to give it and then try to pull it back. So if y'all go home tonight and you say, oh my gosh, that crazy lady, I'm sorry, you can hate her, but we're taking the cell phone, it's going to be difficult for a period of time. Um, it would be worth it, but it will be difficult. So delay it, think before you give an answer. Um, The other thing is that what kids are doing, particularly middle school age, is a lot of taking inappropriate pictures and sending it. Um, there's all kinds of problems with that. Legally, the, the laws change regularly because it is so rampant that they have trouble following through on all of these charges. But the way that it currently is, if the picture is of a person 14 and younger, that is child pornography, okay? So if this young lady sends it to someone and they have it on their phone, they're in possession of child pornography. If that person forwards it, I'm trafficking it now, okay? So big bad problem. Young girls are sending these things to older boys regularly. Sometimes the boys ask for it, sometimes they don't. If your boy ends up with something on the phone or device that he did ask for it or didn't, if it's there, he needs to say to you, I got this picture. Because what he's going to want to do is show his buddies, then delete it. When he does that, somebody's mama is going to see what got sent. And that mom's going to go to the school. And it doesn't take this long to figure out who all got the picture. And your son got it and deleted it. So it gets into this big, big, huge mess. So we need to have our kids understanding if you have something going on, you need help. This is bigger than you. You need to come and talk to me. Um, Absolutely, they should not be going in groups and being dropped off at the movies. If you don't believe me, you should go talk to the police that work at the movies uh, on the weekends. They would blow your mind with the stories that they can tell. Um, it used to be really common that kids would have oral sex on the back row of the movie theater. Now what they do is they will get up, you know, there's the screen and then there's a black curtain at the bottom. They will get up underneath there and they're being caught having full-blown sex underneath the screen during the movie. Um, not a good idea. When they get even into high school, you need to set up safeguards. You need to come to an agreement with your kids about what is appropriate to wear. 
I'm just going to say prom season is my least favorite time of the year. And we will become very busy in about six weeks at the pregnancy center. And it is completely unfathomable to me what dads let daughters walk out of the house wearing. If you can see the side of them, that is ridiculous that we would let them wear that. It's unbelievable that the schools will let them come in with it on. And I don't care if your boy is a saint next to the Pope. If he goes on a date with this girl, there is one thing on his mind. We better wise up. And you, as a parent, when they go out wearing that, you are, you are thinking, hmm. Well, if you're thinking, hmm, Johnny's thinking well, a whole lot worse than hmm. <laughs> and it, I don't understand that. I also don't understand kids that are just allowed to um, have pseudo-marriages. Uh, where we're together all the time. Oh, my whole life revolves around this other person. This is going to come on quick. You've got to get in with your communication and your opinions with your kid before their emotions are real attached to this other person. But here is something that I hear on a regular basis. We'll have these two kids. They're way too involved, likely sexually active. It's getting way out of hand. And this is what the parents will say. I'm afraid that if I tell them that they can't date, they're just going to sneak around. And I'm like, sneak around and do what? Have sex? Because that's what they're doing now. It, again, it is irrelevant what they do. They are kids. Kids are doing a good job of acting like kids. Parents are not doing such a good job of being confident enough to guard the hearts and minds of their kids. And I'm telling you, whatever you're dealing with in the sixth grade, in three or four years from now, it's going to be about five times worse, more intense, more difficult. You've got to set precedence. You've got to set a path for your home now. Um, another thing that's super important is the way that I speak to you. Because you might tell a lie, but you are not a liar. And when I speak to you about it, I need to say, this is not characteristic of who you are. You are a person of integrity and honesty and truth. Now, why did you tell that lie? It has to be said in respect because I am not going to shout at you. I'm not going to call you names, and you're not going to shout and call me names. You're not going to shout and call your brothers and sisters names because if we start letting it rise to the level of that, let them get 16, 17, and 18, and things are off the rails at your house. And it is really hard to rein it back in. We are on the same team, whether it's about sex, whether it's about drinking, whatever. We're a team. God put us together. I admire and respect you. You're going to honor and respect me, and we're going to make it through this okay. And hopefully we're going to enjoy doing it. 
I do not want you to go into these next years thinking, oh gosh, if we can all just make it out alive at 18, right? I want you to enjoy them as teenagers. I have enjoyed my kids. It, I mean, I'm likely to move to College Station when Maddie goes. Um, I don't want them to go. I like them. Um, not everybody rebels. And, but it takes setting the groundwork now. Um, do y'all have any questions or anything off your sheet or anything you want to talk about? You want to ask me if I'm going to say anything to your children? Um, I'm not going to talk nearly that frankly with them. The way that I, I have a stepson, my oldest son, Tanner, um, has a mom. Um, when Tanner, everybody at my house, my kids, my rules. So you just do the best to be consistent when you can be consistent. And you can say, this is why I'm not for this happening at your dad's, um, but at my house, because you are one of mine, just like the ones that never leave. These are the rules. And I think you just keep communicating it in love, but don't change the rules based on this kid because they're in a different situation. Anybody else have a question? I have a question about um, what you may speak to them about. Yes. Yes. Yes, that's right. Yes, say no. Say no and move away. Yes, that's right. Yes. And I'm going to tell them, too, to tell you. Anytime something uncomfortable happens, I want you to tell me because I can help. And that's what I'm going to tell them. Yeah. Anything else? Something else I just want to throw out that I didn't say. This age group is a lot of spending the night. And I, I just want to say this. If you have, well, I'll tell you, speaking from my house, Jake and Maddie were two years apart. If boys were spending the night with Jake, Maddie slept in my room with me with the door shut. And Brian slept out in one of their rooms with the boys and vice versa. If Maddie had friends, Jake and Brian were in our room, and I was out. And it isn't because I thought anything was going to happen, but I did not want something being said that went down that didn't. And I'm going to say this, too. I have two sons and a daughter, and I totally do not think girls should be in any way compromised, and I am 100% on board with that. But I will tell you this. There is a higher risk that your son will be accused of doing something he didn't than something actually happening to your daughter. So you need to have conversations with your sons like you don't put yourself in a situation where something can be said. My son, uh, Jake, we didn't let him go on a date with a girl by himself in his car in high school. They went in groups. He did have a girlfriend, but it was never just the two of them in his truck because you are to live above reproach. 
and whatever the girl says is the truth as far as everybody else is concerned, right? So you need to not only talk to your girls about guarding and being safe, you better start talking to your sons about protecting himself as well. Anybody else have a question? Yes. Oh, yes, I will. How many in here have a sixth grader that does not have a cell phone? Yes. I love it. That's so good. I mean, that is so good. And I know they want them. It is hard, but you are right. You are doing the right thing and hang in there because it just creates a lot of problems. So I'm super proud of you. Yay. That's way more than usually in a group. There's usually like one mom that's embarrassed to be like, yeah. Anybody else? No, you don't. And we want our kids to not worry about that, right? So we need to take a take a lesson. Did you? I was just wondering what all services you offered at Parent. I mean, I know obviously the pregnancy is part of it, but outside of that, what do you? We do lots of pregnancy center things, um, and we see about thirteen hundred people a month. An average pregnancy center sees about eighty. So that makes us one of the largest pregnancy centers in the country. Uh, then we have a whole side that is mentoring programs, and we have two that are in public schools. We, see, we serve 25,000 students a month with those mentoring programs. But we have five that we do in our office. So we have, for your age group, Chosen and Squires, Chosen for Girls, Squires for Boys, and it's just about godly character. Uh, super fun lots of activities. Then we have uh, two Brave Hearts and Pearls for teenagers, and then those are about purity. And then we have a college group called Lead On, and that's just about continuing to live in a, in a way that honors the Lord. We have a seminar coming up in June. It's called Rescue. We wrote a book uh, called Rescue Raising Teens in a Drowning Culture. And so we're going to do a whole weekend at the end of June, I think. Right, Mallory? June 30th, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Any more questions? Yes. On the split family. Yeah. My siblings gave our daughter a phone call about Yeah. So we like to have Instagram, Snapchat, and all that. Yeah. Yeah. I think if you talk to him, would he he would be like, no way, I'm doing what I want to do. Yeah. It's winning her over. Oh, yeah. Well, what I would do, and this is what my, same thing with my son, that is my step. He got it way early. Um, I would make her put it up when she's at my house. And it's going to really make her mad at you. But what you have to say is, I'm not trying to run your life. And sometimes when we take something, if we can say, I'm not going to let you use your phone here, but you can have three friends and we're going to go to a sod poodles game this weekend. And give them something else. The main thing is they just don't want to feel left out. 
So give them another alternative that you're comfortable with. You want to be the house where everybody wants to come. And I will tell you, I probably am the strictest parent that I know. Um, I had 18-year-old boys at our house. Every Here's an example. On New Year's Eve, we've always had all the kids. And we do a ping-pong tournament and all this stuff, right? So there'll be like 20 18-year-old boys. I make them turn their phones in into a basket. And they still come. And they still come. Now they're 20 and they still come on New Year's Eve. I don't take their phones up anymore, but <laughs> it doesn't make them not like you or think you're weird. They enjoy having relationship. So just give an alternative and be the fun house. I mean, when you can say yes, say yes, because when we say no, it needs to count. Um, I'm terrible. I take my middle school kids toilet paper in all the time. I would take them to clean it up the next day, but that was so much fun to me to watch them hide from cars is hysterical, right? So, I mean, I'll help you clean it up, but I'm going to say yes when I can say yes, because I'm going to have to say no. Uh, 